Tyson here on today's episode of the i5 Corridor. We have Oregon Equipment Administrator Kenny Farr. He's the guy who makes the ducks look as cool as they do week in and week out. We have a fun interview talking about the chrome helmets at the Rose Bowl, what goes into creating the uniforms and how they pick them, and the random stuff that that's in his office. So uh, that's coming up on this episode of the i5 Corridor podcast. And make sure you check out i5corridor.com for the latest stories this week for subscribers. But let's get to the important stuff. Here's Kenny. You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridor podcast. Tyson Alger here, joined by Oregon Equipment Administrator Kenny Farr. He is basically the guy that makes Oregon look as good as they do week in and week out. Uh, Kenny, I've, I've had the kind of the pleasure of getting to know you uh, throughout my, my time on the beat, and uh, just really, really happy that we were finally able to do this one, man. Thanks for joining me this morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So you're we're, we're on Zoom right now and we're looking into your office and I see behind you a signed jersey of DeForest Buckner with the Colts. And there's another Ugo Amadi one there, too. Like, how do you how do you choose what goes up in your office? Because I, I imagine it's probably not hard for you to get some of these uh, <laughs> yeah, pieces. I have a, a lot of these deals and, and I rotate them through. Um, I don't know, just just depends. Like I used to have a Devin Allen signed to one of his Olympic track singlets from his first Olympics he went to. And that, that was up there for a long really? time. And yeah, the Michael James uh, national championship Jersey signed for me. And that was up for a while. So I just, I rotate them through just, I, I don't know about once every three or four months, I really needed to do kind of a deep clean to my office and I kind of <laughs> move some things around at that time. What, what's, what's the most random, random piece of memorabilia you have in there? That's random piece of memorabilia uh so former player tim day and he's worked his way up man to where he's he's a big dog up at nike now working in uh you know, american basketball but uh he gave me uh he used to work on manny pacquiao's line so he gave me one of manny pacquiao's uh boxing shoes <laughs> i have him up in my office like one of his real like the real deal like one of his boxing boxing shoes so i i put that i found that the other day and put it out here so that's uh, probably the most random thing. Is it a left foot or right foot? What size is, is he wear? Yeah. I'll, I'll grab it real quick. It's a, it's a right foot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So Tim Day gave me this way back when, when he was uh, on his way up. But yeah, so. Is, is your, uh, do you have like memorabilia in your house too? Or do you have like the separation no. between like between church and state here <laughs> you know i i always uh, my dream is to have like a big like man cave area like a basement that i could do that but i have three young kids so and uh and a beautiful wife and so i that that kind of the the uh my office is kind of my man cave that's where i kind of have all my memorabilia i have a lot of stuff in my garage just hasn't hasn't made it to the to the house yet and on the walls or anything so, so you've been, you've been the equipment administrator since, or you've been on staff since 2007. Is that right? Well, yeah, I started in actually in 08 and I actually came back here for basketball. I really started, uh, I was a student manager here for five years from 97 through 02. Um, so I had a great run there with uh, all my guys and then came back in 08 when they brought baseball back um, and did that for a full season and, and then moved over to football full time. Okay. So <laughs> 
I actually screwed up then because when I sent out the, the questionnaire about your, your career, I said you had been at Oregon for, for three decades, but you're well into your fourth year now, man. <laughs> well, yeah, with a little gap in there, but yeah, yep, man. So we're, uh, yeah, 90s. Yeah, here we are, man. Still at it, so. Well, what's, I mean, this this may seem stupid, but just like what's what's the biggest change in, in the job that that this position holds from from 22, from 22 now to back when, when you first started? Well, obviously the staff is, staffs are much, much larger than they used to be. Uh, recruiting's obviously changed uh, tremendously as far as the demand of, of this job and when it goes into recruiting and all the photo shoots and that kind of stuff. And, and obviously the facilities, uh, we used to, back when we first started here, we practiced across the street and um, there was no mow, everything was a parking lot. And so it was a much, much simpler time. Uh, back then the stadium hadn't been expanded yet. So it's, uh, it's uh i've seen quite a few changes in my time where uh what was the equipment room like back then much different so uh it's uh man it wasn't big enough to hold all of the equipment we were when we kind of started expanding things and going to multiple helmets and jerseys it was it wasn't built for that kind of storage so we used to have all these like big like 40 foot storage pods we had like 20 of them around oxen where we'd store stuff and that wasn't the most uh, efficient way of doing it, but it's what we had to do to kind of store all the jerseys and helmets and everything that we needed. Um, and then, you know, it's like go out to, you know, storage pod eight today and, get, <laughs> you know, whatever it was for that week. And, and uh, so when, um, when we were fortunate enough to get this building, this new one we're in, it's uh, it was, uh, it was nice to get everything under one roof for sure. I, I imagine that got more complicated in, in the, kind of the late nineties when you guys did make the switch to, yeah. Hey, we are going to be the uniform school. We're going to have all these combos. Like where does everything go? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and that actually kind of really more the, the really expansion of the helmets. I, that was during that gap when I wasn't here. So, um, you know, Pat Conrad and, um, Brett Moyer and those guys that were here at that time, those guys were kind of had to deal with that and, and kind of start that transition. And, and obviously, as we've expanded even more than more than that, you know, since my tenure, it's yeah, it's uh, they keep me busy around here. That's for sure. Well, I, w I was just about to say um, you guys had like the surplus sale this past yeah. weekend. Yep. And I, I imagine that's a whole different beast than, than it probably was 20 years ago, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and especially when you haven't had it for three years because of COVID, then you really are sitting on a lot of stuff and need to free up some space. So, um, you know, we're trying to. Yeah, yeah, get that stuff out of here, get it to our, our wonderful fans and season ticket holders and DAF donors and just anybody that wants to stop by and get some stuff. Uh, we're thankful for those people that come by. What was the what was the best value at the uh, the, the sale this weekend? Or oh, like, man. Like well, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to say football cleats. So, you know, it's it's a long story, but, you know, I end up having to order a lot of cleats every year. When I order cleats, it's like a one I order in, in the middle of like this October, I'll order for the 23 season. So it's way out and in front and, you know, especially in this day and age with the uh, transfer portal and everything that's going on, you don't really know what the makeup of your roster is exactly going to be. You have kind of your, your trends and, and what you've seen over, you know, the history, but um, you know, Nike's always coming out with new models. So you kind of have to, you know, plan for worst case scenario when you're doing this kind of thing. <laughs> right. um, so I ended up ordering a lot of cleats. And so there's a lot of cleats at the, uh, at the surplus sale and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, and there's not, the, the funny thing is you end up with a ton of 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 size cleats because there's just not a lot of people <laughs> right. out there with that big of feet. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that was probably the best value. It was like two pairs for $15. So that's, that's pretty good. 
and, and, and you guys do quite a bit to, I mean, it's not only just ordering those cleats, but you guys do a fair amount to like get those like ready and tailored for specific athletes. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember writing a story with you a few years ago, just about how, uh, I think I saw you change out a guy's cleats on the sidelines and that led to like basically this story about how, you know, every player likes, likes their cleats different for different styles of players sure. and everything like there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes around on in the background that I think people don't quite, quite realize just for something like shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's true of every aspect, you know, where everybody that's collectively here is working towards, you know, making it as easy as possible on our players to perform at their best. So if that for me is going the extra mile to break in their cleats or get them the right kind of cleats or stretch them out or the million different things you can do um, to help them out, then that's what it is to try to help us win. So, you know, uh, just following up on kind of you mentioned uh, like the transfer portal and just how like the rosters are all kind of up at up and all over the place now and then you got guys coming in for photo shoots like that yeah. that that's got to be how do you kind of keep track of all that and and like like what what's your responsibilities for having like jerseys ready for guys like when they're coming in on visits and getting getting kind of those things ready and and uh you know making sure they look pristine for for going out on social media and all that i mean it's a lot you know we have a we have an awesome recruiting staff um, and those guys, you know, we work really, really closely together. I get all their sizes in advance, you know, and, and some of these guys have been here two, three, four, five. I think seven McGee did like seven or eight photo shoots here. So <laughs> yeah. by the end of his photo shoot, like he would come in and I would just take him upstairs and just let him start picking stuff out because he'd already worn so many things. I was like, listen, we're just going to we'll make something up up here. Um, but how much, how much does, how much did that change for you? Because then I imagine you probably know these guys a little bit better. Than yeah. Oh yeah. Past coming into. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Just, you know, my job's really a lot about, you know, building trust with these guys that, you know, they can come in here and be honest and, you know, I can help them if something's bothering them equipment related, I can, you know, they can come and I, I'm approachable and somebody that they can come and, and, um, you know, we can try to come to some kind of a solution. Um, but, you know, and that's it. That's really it. You know, my job is sometimes it's a little bit like a uh, team psychologist because, you know, I'm I'm not a coach. So I'm and I'm in a different building than the football staff. So I get a lot of the players in here and we just, you know, talking about life and, you know, the challenges that that, uh, you know, that they're going through as as, you know, 18 to 22 year old young men that are superstars in and, you know, a medium sized city of Eugene, Oregon. So. Um, but as far as the first question, yeah, the recruiting staff here does a great job. I try to get all the sizes that, you know, all their sizes and have it pre-built for them. And, you know, really I want their, the, uh, uh, you know, a visitor to our campus to, to be smooth and efficient. I don't want them to go upstairs and, you know, and wait on me to put a whole uniform together. So I just try to have it ready for them in advance and, and ask all the right questions and make it, you know, let them wear whatever they want to wear. Obviously that's, you know, if you get some, um, really big guy and that wears number, you know, five in high school. And, you know, I might not have a number five Jersey that big, but, you know, try to accommodate the best I can so that they, you know, that, that my piece of the recruiting, um, visit is, you know, they, they feel really good about it. And it's something different than, um, you know, they're seeing at other schools. Being that person that's, that's in that position where you are in the different building, you have been here for, you know, a few decades now, like is how has your ability to kind of take on that role with players different than, than when you started? And, and I imagine that's something that is probably pretty invaluable for the team. Like when you go through a period like December where it's a complete wholesale changeover yep. and just to have a familiar face around, I imagine is, is huge for some guys. 
you know, I, I think, you know, that's just kind of who I am as a person. Um, and, you know, that's been, uh, I've been fortunate to have, you know, the, the platform to do that and the guys that trust me and come in here and, um, you know, want to chop it up with me a little bit and, and get to know them. And, you know, it's really about their families and getting to know their families on the recruiting process too. So, um, you know, and, you know, when life's, life's happening for them, you know, it's, you got other connections and, and uh, you can help, you know, these young guys navigate through life. Um, so, what, you know, it's just, I think, you know, as, you know, this generation's evolving, you know, and there's just so much pressures and social media and all this kind of stuff that, you know, just having a, a somebody that, you know, they can come in and talk to and listen, you know, will listen to them is, is invaluable to them. What, what's it like for you getting used to a new coaching staff? I was, I was reading a, about a 13 year old daily Emerald story about uh, when Chip Kelly started and, and you guys were, were uh, basically the lead of it was you getting yelled at by Chip because you guys weren't getting out there fast enough. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine it takes a little bit of time just to like nail down every coach's like idiosyncrasies and, and tendencies sure. as, as you're getting going. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there's some long days, you know, and, and, um, you know, and it was, a, I, I think, a lot harder, you know, many years back when, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time now. And I think this is my sixth head coach, you know, Coach Landing is. So I've seen, you know, a lot of different stuff. I've had a lot of different coaches. So you've kind of seen most of, you know, what you're going to see. But, you know, like I try to preach to my students and the guys that work for me, it's like we, you know, first impressions mean a lot. So we're going to go out of our way to try to provide the perfect service for them and the best that we can. And, and learn what they like and, and, um, work really hard and, and, um, try to be a strength and, you know, something that they're like, man, these guys really, 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 um, you know, care, the care factor is really high and they, they we're going to do an outstanding job for us. So, you know, that's really what, you know, you kind of coach and you kind of just manage it day by day and hour by hour and, and just try to, you know, educate them on, you know, what's available and what we can do at Oregon. And, you know, I'm at a place like Oregon. So, you know, most of these coaches that come here from other places are like ecstatic because, you right. know, the things that we can offer them here, you know, so, so that's for me, that obviously is a bonus for me versus like somebody that's going from Oregon to another school and they're like, ah, well, right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Of, of those six coaches, like who, who took the most interest in kind of the, the apparel side of things or just like the uniforms or the Oregon-ness of it? You know, uh, <laughs> it's interesting enough. Um, I think probably coach coach Kelly really, he wanted a lot of input on like fonts on t-shirts and things like that, um, which surprised me to be honest with you. And that was right when I first started. So I was really kind of, I mean, to be honest with you at that point, you know, I was a little, it was a little like fake it till you make it (laughs) mode for me. Um, But you know, that looking back on it now, that was always interesting that, you know, he was really like wanting to be involved with that and, and the design process and very particular about things. Um, and obviously fashion wise, like, uh, I know, um, you know, coach Lanny, man, he's, man, he's young and, and he likes all the same stuff the players do. And, you know, he's just, a um, so we, you know, we, he likes, likes, uh, you know, he's not a guy that just doesn't care and just throw whatever in his locker and he'll put it on. It's, you know, he, he likes the certain things and, you know, I try to find the, the right, um, uh, right mix of things to give to him, to give him some good options. What, uh. Let's see here. I had a question written down here. Uh, what's the coolest thing like in the in the Hatfield Dowling complex? Like is like 
just just mm-hmm. as somebody who's still like worked there now for the entire time it's been open is there anything like in that in your guys's complex or even in the mariota center where you're at right now where you, you just know, that, like it may be the nostalgia in me but i like the um up on the sixth floor with the i like our our ducks that we have up there that represent yeah, that's our, cool all of our draft picks and you know, just because I, man, it's crazy because a lot of those guys up there, like I know personally, so it's really cool. Obviously, the one we did um, a couple years ago for Keenan Lowe has special meaning to me. And, you know, I just look up there and see the initials on those ducks and, you know, it just sparks like uh, just memories of, you know, when I first met those guys and they were just, you know, young kids. And then just to see where they're at now, man, and just where, where the career wins. It's pretty cool. What was what was Keenan like when you met him? Oh, awesome. Great kid. Uh, Keenan Lowe, he, uh, man, I remember he came in and um, he originally was going to be number four and uh, he really wanted number seven. And I don't remember why we couldn't give him number seven to begin with, but eventually we got it to him. And uh, I just remember that being a big deal to him, but great kid, like just salt of the earth kind of person. Um, Still this day, both of us are big Blazers fans. So we'd always kind of chop it up about that and, and kind of go through, through a little bit of torture being a blazer fan but um yeah so we you know just a great great person man it's a great family and you know just just uh, a guy i saw at the spring game man and i was just so i was so happy to see him man, and just get to talk to him i'm interested i was talking to him a lot about his book that he's got coming out so i'm excited for that oh awesome awesome um okay so it's I know a bit about how this process works but i had had a couple of readers that that were interested but today is may 10th you guys mm-hmm. don't play a football game for four months. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you know what you're wearing for that game. Like, I do. How, what, how early did you know? And, and kind of can you talk a little bit about the process that just goes into uh, kind of how you guys dress, dress the team for, for, for a season? Well, it's kind of uh, – it's been a few different ways we've done it, but we've kind of gotten to this rhythm now where, you know, we used to manage it a little more game by game and um, – Casey, our golf coach would help coach Kelly and we, you know, he'd throw out ideas and we'd pick things back in the day. And then we've gone to a, a kind of a cadence where we will script out the whole season. So interesting enough, we just met last week, me and uh, three players on our team. Um, and we kind of just laid out all the stuff we have and just started picking game by game um, what we wanted to wear. And, you know, with the strategy of doing that is, you know, you, you try to, I guess we kind of attack like what we felt like were the bigger games first. And then we, um, you know, kind of filled in the rest and tried not to wear stuff back to back. And, and uh, yeah, so, so there's an art to it. And then from there we go, we'll, we'll make like a presentation of it with all of it kind of mapped out on the actual, um, you know, just, uh, you know, a printed out copy of a football player wearing all the different colors and then present that to coach Lanning and get his okay. And then at that point we can, you know, let retail know like, Hey, this is what color the fans are going to wear this game and try to, you know, synchronize everything like that. So do, do you guys leave yourself? Um, you know, you, you kind of said scripting it out, like any good mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, you should probably have some flexibility in there if things aren't going well. Like, so let's say you guys are on like a five game losing streak sure. and right. you're scheduled to wear pink the next week or, or something sure. like crazy. Like, do, do you guys have like some sort of flexibility built in there or is it uh, pretty I mean, solid? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, you know, it's always at the, um, you know, whatever the head coach wants to do, you know, we're at the mercy of that. So, and, and rightfully so. So, you know, we haven't actually ran into that too many times. Um, there has been a, a few times where, 
you know, we'll get a request in the season where uh, a team wants to wear white uniforms at home. And so, all right, that changes it up a little bit, but it's, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it is what it is. That, that, that one just kind of follows up, uh, uh, Alec, a reader, asked a question. He wrote, he wrote uh, leading up to the 2020 Rose Bowl, there seemed to be a lot of rumors, indications that they that they were going to wear the 94 throwbacks again for the 25th anniversary. Uh, was there any truth to that, or was it the plan always just to roll with the nightmare green and chrome and us fans just got ahead of ourselves? Yeah, that one's a little bit ahead of yourself. So so everybody kind of understands it's, um, you know, uniform planning is like 18 to 24 months out. So it, it, it's never going to be a thing where it's like, oh, wow, we're in the middle of the season or, you know, and we like, we just decide, hey, we're going to wear this throwback uniform or a new uniform and um, for the bowl game. It's that's, Those things are planned, you know, two years out. So it's, um, um, you know, so it's, I, I wish it was that easy. It would be a lot of fun if I, if I could do it like that. Well, especially because I, I think you're pretty fond of those uniforms too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I've been here for a long time. So, so of yeah. course, it takes me back to my, to my old days. Uh Oh, sticking on the Rose Bowl, one of the favorites, one of my favorite stories you've told me was when you guys debuted your your chrome helmets at the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you weren't you pretty worried about blinding the referees? Man, it wasn't even just that. So when we wear tested those helmets, so we obviously had that planned, and and uh, we had seen samples of the helmet, and it was super exciting because it was kind of new and nobody had done that before. And when we took it outside, and we're like, wow, this is pretty cool. It was like an, um, I don't know. A, September, October, Eugene, Oregon day, and it was totally overcast. So I was like, wow, this thing is sweet and looks good. And then, you know, we're going out on the morning of the Rose Bowl, I'm looking and there's not like a cloud in the sky. So I'm like, man, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And not even just the referees, but it was like, or even our own players. I'm like, man, I, you know, I, you know, we're like walking around with like, you got all these mirrors all over the field. And um, so, but it, it worked out all right. Luckily, uh, the good thing is I was more worried about too was, uh, you know, Coach Bielema at Wisconsin being like really making like a big fuss about it. And the worry I had was like, we didn't have like a backup set of game helmets there. So we, if it would have been an issue, we would have had, uh, we would have wear our practice helmets in the Rose Bowl, which, yeah, that, that, that would have been, that would have been a little rough. I got to be honest with you. The, uh, I, I wrote a story a few years ago. It was about kind of like the, the era of uniforms you guys were in with like the Cristobal Taggart area era. And you guys talked about how they were like a little bit more sim simplifying it than uh than it had been in the past is is that the era you guys are still in or like what like how would you describe like what i don't i don't think so i think you know we were getting to a point where it was getting kind of you know we're getting pretty wild with stuff and and i know our our kids liked it and you know and it's exciting and it's fun but i think there was a point where it was like all right listen like we don't want to be known more about our uniforms and these fancy uniforms we're wearing and more than you know, the, the, you know, the product that's on the field as far as our way where our team's performing and the way we're playing. So it was like, listen, let's simplify it down a little bit and let's, you know, build from there. Um, you know, this current set of uniforms that we wore last year, like Daryl Hawkins, a foreign player designed, um, designed those and, you know, I mean, and, you know, and, uh, you know, like always, man, we got a few surprises uh, up our sleeves here coming. How I, I imagine that's probably what you get asked the most about, like, like, guys, have any surprises this year? Or like, what are you, you know, I, I yeah. have to, I have to imagine that's like 80% oh, yeah. of your day every day. Yeah. Right? Like going to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we always, we always try to do something. That's for sure. So it's, uh, yeah, we have a good time though. But we got, we got, we got, we were working on a couple of things. 
how often do players like how often do you run into like when guys like alter uniforms like like either like cutting them or or just kind of uh i mean every once in a while but you know honestly we have like a really good culture about that like when you know the team's supposed to wear yellow cleats everybody's wears yellow cleats you know you don't have the you know and it's kind of uh, permeated even like our basketball team you know i watch our men's basketball team like you know, I see a lot of other teams and, you know, or even in the NBA and sites and when guys wearing like red cleat or red shoes and another guy's wearing yellow and another guy's wearing white and you can kind of be in their individual selves. But um, we, we have to have a culture here where guys wear, you know, they, they have a lot of options and the, you know, it looks the best the way that it's designed to be worn. So, you know, our culture is, you know, guys really kind of comply with that. I, I had a somebody who worked in the building, not in your specific building, but on the Oregon campus for a very long time, uh, tell me that I had to ask you about a, a, a certain Darren Thomas wardrobe malfunction in 2010 uh, against Washington State. So I can't. Yeah, that's a I, I man, I, I shouldn't tell that story, man. DT is my guy. So. <laughs> but uh, Nate cost to save the day on that one for us up in Pullman one time. So. But DT man, it's a great player here. Unbelievable. Actually, I want to go into that. Like, like DT, I feel like is one of the players that gets like probably low, most like lost in the mix of like when people are like rattling off like the great Oregon players from like the last 10, sure. 20 years or like even quarterbacks per se. Sure. It's, what do you have a few players like that that were just like some of your personal favorites that that have kind of like stand out to you or or just even like. Um, not, not, even, not even from an equipment side, but just like, man, you've had a really good seat to watch in uh, Oregon football oh, for the yeah. last 20 years. Like, who, who's, who's been your favorite guys to watch? Man, that's, that's, a, t that's a tough question. So maybe guys that, I don't know, that probably didn't get as much of the hype as, you know, other guys did. But, man, I used to really love watching Nick Reed play football. He was really, really great player. You know, wasn't the biggest guy and, you know, but just played the right way and, and was a great player. Um, John Boyette. I used to really love John Boyette. He was a great player for us. Um, man, I used to like watching John Boyette play football. Um, what's up? Michael Clay was really, man, he was a, such a good football player. Just was so smart. And, uh, you know, our defense was really good back then. And, you know, he was just, he was just a, you know, all the way around from practice to the games. He was just like a great leader, good, good kid, and and a really good player. So, um, but man, that's a good question. Like I'm trying to think back, way back when, um, to, you know, all all those guys that that, uh, man, I used to. Damon Griffin was a great player here. Um, I used to like, you know, obviously Salpa too. So man, there's a there's a long list of them, and I can I'm probably missing a bunch of them. Obviously, I am, but but uh, those are just a few guys I think of. What's what's the uh, what's like the wildest uniform combo that didn't make it to to the the, the table? One time we were gonna do a one time we were gonna do a spring game. You know, we we used to do like a spring game, like military. Right. We always do like a military thing, and one time we were gonna do one that was like a like a it was almost like a tie dye. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And it was, and it would end up being like the military against like the hippies. It was like, maybe that's not <laughs> such a good, good option. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't end up doing that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's been, there's been a few over the years we tried to, you know, not everything goes together. Like people can be like, Oh, you got six helmets and you got six pants and six jerseys and you can mix them all together, but it really doesn't work like that. Like some things just, 
it just doesn't look right. So, you know, and I always tell our guys, like, I'd rather wear something that looks really good twice than I would to wear something different just to be different every week. Like some things it's like, eh, I don't know, man. How, how, how much have you wanted to break back out the, the all duck uniform and get a, get a win in one of those? I really like that uniform personally, you know, obviously there's always going to be people that don't like stuff, but like, I just thought that was super creative. You know, um, Brandon McLemore actually is the one that came up with that idea. Um, and he, he, he thought about that shoot like five or six years before we actually did it. Really? Um, yep. And we kind of pitched the idea and it was like, kind of kicked it around and, and, but so there's a lot of those uniforms that like some of my favorite uniforms are ones we just didn't win the games. So yeah. it's like tough. Cause you're like, ah, you know, man, unfortunately. That's that. Well, well, cause you used to have the, the well, Michael James one that you had framed yeah. in your office. Was that the, was that the championship game or was, yeah, that, the yeah, Aub- or was that the Auburn one afterwards? No, those, those that were like the, the, the pairs of them, weren't they? Yeah, well, so no. The oh, sorry, sorry, L- LSU, LSU. So it was the it was the one we wore in the championship game, the white one. But that the one we wore against LSU was one of my favorite uniforms, man. That was an awesome uniform. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way that day against the Bayou Bengals, but but it was a great uniform. It's a great uniform. What what are you watching for on the sidelines? And and I asked that just because I, I think it was the Pac-12 title game a few years ago where Cristobal broke a headset. And mm-hmm. like I think you mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of F1 racing lately, and it there felt like uh felt like the pit stop guy is like switching that out really quickly. Like like how, how do you monitor like what where your responsibilities are supposed to be at any given time? I mean, it's just you're paying attention. You know, to be <laughs> honest with you, it's um during the game is actually the probably the easiest part you know obviously you have your responsibilities and things you need to do and and when you somebody needs something during the game it's you know it's so probably an emergency so you got to be on it um but you know that doesn't happen all the time so a lot of it is me you know i'm not very tall so standing on a bench trying to watch a little bit of the game and you know just be observant and being paying attention and you know helping out wherever i can um you know really the the hard work for me and, and my guys is before the game and after the game um during the game it's like i said it's more of a you know we have our you know our little our jobs we got to do um in between series with our position groups or you know if or if a head coach breaks a headset uh you got to go run and get one of those but yeah just being observant and doing this for a long time so you kind of see things happening um you know before they really do so what 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 keeps you in this job you you like as you've said you've you've done it a long time like why wow. like like what's what's your motivation you know, um, I just feel like it's a privilege, you know, honestly, like I, it's not, it's not really about me. Like uh, I got some wise words a long time ago that I always kind of taken to heart. And uh, it was that, you know, I need the team way more than the team needs me. So, um, you know, I, I just appreciate the opportunity that I have to, to be here at a place like Oregon. And I don't know if I would have the same um, desires if I was at a different school, to be honest with you, just, I really care about Oregon, like in Oregon football. So that's why, you know, I don't, I'm not moved at all when, you know, things happen in college football these days, coaches leave and players transfer and things happen, but it's like, you know, I'm just an Oregon Pierce. I, I do, I embrace like the part of being like a, almost like a legacy thing where I can kind of connect the past and the present. So then when the guys, older players come back now, there's, you know, there's not very many faces that they know around here other than me and, you know, chief in the training room, Matt Neuer, Hawk, there's only four or five of us that even from a few years back that, are the same. So, you know, being that person that kind of connects the past and the present is something I really like, uh, enjoy and, and embrace. That, that that was kind of the big, you know, public worry after, after Cristobal left and like the mm-hmm. whole, like, 
they're not bringing in local guys again. Like, and there was like the list and all that, but, uh, at, at the spring game afterwards, like, and, and, you know, maybe this is just me making too much out of it. Cause I haven't been down there a ton, but like it, like the vibe felt really homey. Like it, it, there was a lot of, a lot of former players there. There was like a oh, lot yeah. of smiles. Like it, it, it felt like, you know, Lanning's not from here, but it, it really does feel like that. They've been able to turn that into like a very high priority for them, like, as well as being an elite college football staff. But it, it does seem like that they kind of took that part to heart. Oh, absolutely. You know, big effort, you know, to, you know, even including me to like personally call guys and invite them and let them know that they, that we want them back here um, and, and want them around and want them around our players and, you know, just to kind of give them their flowers, you know, a little bit of, you know, just to thank them and, and invite them back. And, and that's one of the most rewarding parts of my job is, is, you know, I see these guys when they're 18 and get to watch them kind of grow up. And then I'll see guys come back five, six, seven, 10 years later, and they got families and, you know, they're just appreciative of their time here and the, and the experience um, that they had here. And, you know, it's just awesome to see guys grow up and, and, and become, you know, fathers and successful in whatever they're doing and, and just to see the whole story kind of uh, unfolding. Who, who, who's the most random, like, sideline sighting you've seen? I, I just, I asked that because yesterday I saw the picture of, like, LeBron and Dwayne Wade at Autzen from like man that was a cool that was a cool uh that was pretty cool I got like like I've I've only seen the photos like why why were they there was it just like a Nike so that was the season the NBA was in the lockout um so they were not playing basketball right and uh I think they were up at Nike for a basketball meeting and the way I understood I think Mr. Knight was like hey come and watch this game and um you know it was just really crazy to see uh you know, those guys just walking down the tunnel and then saw on the field playing catch. And that was cool. That was, a, that was pretty cool. Well, th- 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 this is such a stupid question and you might not answer it because obviously you're, you're current, in, but like, was that the coolest organs ever been like that era? Like when. Yeah. I mean, yes. In the sense of, um, you know, it's so trendy and, you know, I mean, that's why, gosh, I used to meet um, all the time with like EA sports because they wanted to meet with me to go through what to do for their next version of college, their college football. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're like looking at, you know, you're kind of the tip of the spear, which is so cool. And, you know, even the guys now it's wild to think about, but they're like, Oh, when I watched this game, I was like eight years old. And I'm like, wow, like this is crazy. Like what? <laughs> right. um, but they're like, I just, you know, I've always loved Oregon. I always used to say too, it's, you know, like there's probably a lot of kids that love Oregon or Oregon football or tune in just to see you know, we got, we got really fast and exciting football and, and cool uniforms, but they don't even know where Oregon's at on the map, but they just know Oregon for that kind of stuff. And, you know, if that, you know, sparks an interest in a kid, I think that's the, the whole design behind doing it is, you know, to kind of, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that are traditional and they're never going to change anything. And I certainly respect all of that, but, you know, when you're kind of, you're kind of making a tradition that you're not going to be traditional, I think it's, it's, it's unique and, and, and uh, to Oregon as well. So. That's exciting. And, you know, and we started a trend because every other team that wasn't like a blue blood um, started to do it, saw the model and they're like, all right, man, we got to, we're going to step it up. And these things that kids like. That that had to have been like a wild few years when then like every other team's coming out with like Chrome. Yeah. Helmets and like, I know. I think these helmet manufacturers owe me a few dinners or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, shoot, Kenny, I, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning. This, this, this was, I, I think a lot of people, 
you're one of the more humbled guys that I've come around in this job. And I, I think a lot of people uh, have a ton of interest in just kind of the, the, the day to day of, of what you do. And so I, I, I know you're busy, but, but thanks for taking this time. Nah. Man. nah, man, I always enjoy talking to you, man. You've always been really good to me and, uh, and I appreciate you and uh, it's fun. It's always fun, man. And, and cool. And, and so when we go offline here, you'll tell me what you're wearing for the entire season. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't remember, man. It's too many. I don't even remember, man. I just, I'm a week by week guy. You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider. 